All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you. So Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is is in uh, is in Europe. He met with uh, Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Mm-hmm. He also met with uh, Queen Elizabeth for her first uh, her first meeting since she got she got sick. So yeah, since she tested positive. So and actually, it was a longer meeting than usual. I mean, usually she grants like twenty minutes to. Uh, uh, to leaders like that, but he was in there for significantly longer there. So it's interesting to contrast Trudeau's handling of the Ukraine situation with the convoy. The convoy situation, he was criticized for inaction, not doing anything, sitting on his hands, using the law, wrong language. In terms of uh, Ukraine, though, I mean, here he is in Europe meeting with Boris Johnson and the Queen. Yeah, I think he obviously, clearly he wants to be seen as kind of a leader on this world file mm-hmm. in sanctions against Ukraine, yep. increased military aid to Ukraine. So more sanctions announced again this morning. So let's have a listen to that. Here is Justin Trudeau announcing more sanctions against Russian individuals. Have a listen to this. Today, Canada is announcing new sanctions on 10 individuals complicit in this unjustified invasion. This includes former and current senior government officials, oligarchs, and supporters of Russian leadership. The names of these individuals come from a list compiled by jailed opposition leader Alexei Navalny. These sanctions put increased pressure on Russia's leadership, including on Putin's inner circle. Okay, I thought it was interesting that this new list of Russian individuals who were targeted with these Canadian sanctions mm-hmm. came from Alexei Navalny, yeah. who is the opposition leader in Russia, who's currently in jail. This is the guy that the Putin regime poisoned and almost killed the guy. And then he bravely went back to Russia. He was in a coma after yeah. he was poisoned. And now he's in jail. So I thought that was, it's interesting to see Trudeau say, we're, we're not only sanctioning these Russians, but it's the opposition leader in jail in Russia who's giving us the names. More, more signs of internal dissent uh, and internal uh, problems in Russia. News footage again of so many people being arrested for demonstrating. You don't see demonstrations in Russia or the previous Soviet Union, just not allowed. And we're seeing considerable internal pressure now put on Putin when you've got his henchmen or his oligarchs getting penalized by sanctions. And we'll see whether this leads to any any serious dissent. Right now it's on the street. We'll see if it uh, climbs into the the... Inner, inner sanctions of, of Russia. Not yet. I think, the, I think the sanctions are really working. I think they're they are. really inflicting a, a lot of pain on Russia. Uh, and we see them expanding. Uh, Visa, MasterCard, MasterCard, they've shut down in Russia. PayPal. Yep. I mean, it's just like... AT, ATM machines are, yeah. are, are, you know, void of cash. I mean, the Russian people are starting to hurt uh, big time. Yeah, and I think this is why you see Putin kind of lashing out. Like you said the other day, well, we consider these sanctions to be almost like an act of war. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think Putin is really is really feeling it. But you know what? I think it's interesting too. what to go back to your point about Trudeau and comparing his kind of action on this file Mm -hmm. compared to previous files. I mean, it's clear that he wants and he and his government want to be seen as like world leaders on these sanctions. Oh, yeah. Uh, No, quite. And that's been the the signal since day one is Canada trying to punch above its body weight and elbow its way onto a stage when we're obviously not the United States or uh, the United Kingdom. But, you know, actually, it was surprising to see Trudeau go to Europe. I mean, he's going to London. He's going to Amsterdam. He's going to Latvia. Uh, so yeah, Canada very much trying to flex what little muscle it has on the international stage. Yeah, here's Foreign Affairs Minister Melanie Jolie talking about what they're trying to achieve with these sanctions. Have a listen to this. 
our goal, and I'll be very blunt, is to suffocate the Russian regime. Uh, we know that people that took this decision, Putin himself and his close guard, need to pay a price. And our best way right now is to put maximum pressure on the economy, on oligarchs. Goal is to suffocate the it, Russian regime. Interesting. The three line ministers on this are very strong women: Minister Jolie, Minister Anand, and Minister, and most notably, Minister Freeland. Uh, Christian Freeland is also showing that she's very much more than just a, a figurehead deputy uh, prime minister. I mean, it, it, frequently deputy premiers and deputy prime ministers are, are figurehead, you know, uh, job positions. But no, Freeland is showing she's very much sort of a co-leader with Justin Trudeau. Okay, we continue to follow, obviously, developments really closely here. Closer to home, let's talk a little bit about the, the COVID restrictions. And mm -hmm. we expect this to be a big week in B.C. Yep. for the potential for COVID restrictions to be, what, relaxed? Yeah, so I'm week? expecting on Thursday to have uh, to see Dr. Bonnie Henry and Health Minister Adrian Dix uh, lift the mandatory mask uh, mandate in public indoor spaces and also the vaccine passport requirement to get into certain venues like restaurants. And you, that, you expect that to be lifted this week? I, th I think. Well, I think the announcement will come on Thursday, but the date will actually, I think, be on the weekend. I'm not, I don't think it'll be Thursday for lifting, but maybe I could be wrong. But I think it's going to be a couple days after that. Um, but we are we're ahead of the same way that other jurisdictions are in in terms of lifting uh, requirements. Also, I think the pressure is growing on the federal government to uh, really lift border restrictions. Yeah. Okay, so we expect the mask mandate to be dropped, the mm -hmm. vaccine passport, the BC vaccine card, that will be dropped. But what won't be dropped is the vaccine mandate in healthcare. If you want to work in the healthcare system, you have to be vaccinated. That, that's that's the, the rule right now. I expect that to continue. Okay, the other one that it, on a national stage it, are the travel restrictions for people who are unvaccinated. If you're unvaccinated, you still can't get on a plane, mm -hmm. even for a domestic flight. You can't get on a train in, in Canada. So... Have a listen to this. Jason Kenney, Alberta, the Alberta Premier, saying that they're actually going to put a motion in front of the Alberta legislature calling on Trudeau to drop these travel restrictions for people who are unvaccinated. Have a listen. Call on the federal government to drop pointless COVID travel restrictions that no longer make any sense, that are no longer defensible from a public health point of view. For example, uh, I'm not aware of any jurisdiction in the world, apart from Canada, that has a requirement to be uh, fully vaccinated to board a plane. Okay, Alberta Premier Jason Kenney there calling on Trudeau to drop these and restrictions. I, th I think it will be dropped over the course of time. I don't think necessarily right away. You don't, you're don't. you not going to see a, a federal liberal government respond quickly to an Alberta conservative government's demand. That's just not the way it works. But I do expect, as we go through the summer, you're going to see a number of measures relaxed and uh, and lifted. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if that includes the requirement to be vaccinated to get on a plane. All right, Baldry's beat. Uh, tons of phone calls here, so let's get right to them and speak to Linda in Delta. Hi, Linda, go ahead. Hi. So, uh, yes, I'd like them to drop all the mandates, um, and I'd also like them to let those pr um, prisoners out of jail, the ones that they've held for a, a month now um, from the truckers' convoy, and they're, um, you know, they were charged with mischief. And you keep them in jail for a month? When are you going to let yeah. them out? Tamara Leach is still in jail. Yep. Yep. The other the other guy they arrested, I think I believe he's still in jail. 
Uh, you know, I, I mean, I mean, it's very it's, curious. It's kind of surprising they're still in jail to to me, but you know, as as for the as for the mandates, these mandates are are going to be dropped. Well, there's again, there's there's mandates and there's not mandates. So there, the vaccine passport is not a mandate. It's requirement to get into certain venues like restaurants. The mandates, though, are for certain sectors of the workforce, and those are federal government, so federal employees, uh, which is a significant number of people. Also, as we just touched on, um, tr- train and plane travel yeah. applies there. And also in the BC healthcare system, if you want to work in healthcare, you have to be vaccinated. I, that's not going to change. I expect Trudeau's government, though, to lift that vaccine mandate uh, sometime in the summer for travel, for travel, and potentially for workers in the uh, in these are federally regulated employees. So yeah. many, very few of these people work in healthcare, for example. Yeah. They, they're just in federally regulated sectors. Sure. I think that's going to be lifted over the summer. Okay, let's go to Chris on the line in Chilliwack. Hi, Chris. Go ahead. Good morning, Mike. Um, with regards to Ukraine, I you know I'm just very disturbed that the West convinced the Ukraine to give up their armaments when they left uh, communism to go to democracy. And now we're saying that we won't enforce no-fly zones. What is the point of NATO or the UN if we're just going to let this aggression go on uh, uh, innocent civilians without pushing back? You can't negotiate with a terrorist like Putin. He's not going to stop. Well, the problem is this terrorist, if you want to call him that, uh, has nuclear weapons. And we don't see that in other situations. Uh, Weapons of mass destruction don't exist in other international conflagrations, and they do exist here. And that's why the West is not going to accept or participate in an no-fly zone. Yeah, and I think the calculus is that Putin is cornered and could lash out. He is unpredictable. He has already been rattling the nuclear saber yep. and putting it on the table. And I don't think anyone, or most people, certainly do not want to see any kind of wider conflict that could be catastrophic. Yep. So, and unfortunately, Ukraine is, you know, don't want to call it a sacrificial pawn, but they are not going to get the support they want in terms of international support of no-fly zones and shooting down Russian jets. Let's go to Rick on the line in Port Moody. Hi, Rick taking my call to, to follow up on that, actually. I mean, the Budapest Accord was not a, a NATO thing. It was a thing with Britain and with the United States and with Russia. Now, clearly, Russia has broken it. Um, you know, so earlier on your 10 o'clock news, you had Johnson saying, you know, we don't want to get in because it's a, it, you know, it, it'll lead to a third world war. You can argue that, you know, look at your gas prices, look at what's happening to the food. The third world war has started. We just haven't started lobbying nuclear weaponry yet. I just want to know what your thoughts are <laughs> Of, of the two countries that are bound to this accord to say, we will protect you, that are now saying, oh, wait a second, we'll protect you, but, I mean, where, where, do, you, where do you get trust in b- building between nations if, if you have a document that says, we will protect you from invasion, and then your argument is, well, well, well but we're not going to do it. So I'd just like to know your, your thoughts on okay, that. Okay, thanks. Well, I think uh, basically when you've got an irrational, unpredictable leader who has nuclear weapons, that changes everything. And so you can have all the documents you want that says, I'm going to protect you in certain situations. This is not like 
uh, Poland in 1939. Uh, this is nuclear weapons did not exist back then. These are weapons of mass destruction that can be deployed very easily by uh, Vladimir Putin, and that's why the West is holding off of any more than it is. The other thing, to and it doesn't matter how many signed agreements there are. I mean, Britain went to war. World War II was triggered by international treaties, where if Poland was attacked, Britain was obligated to go to war. It's not a rule of law. You had to do that. It was just simply following a treaty. That's not going to happen this time. Because of nuclear weapons, we're not going to necessarily follow through on internationally signed agreements. Well, Ukraine is also not a NATO country. <clears throat> no. And, but Poland is. Mm-hmm. You know, those Baltic countries are. And we'll see what happens if, if Putin, and I don't think, I mean, it was early on speculation he was going to move into these Baltic countries in Poland. I think now he's realizing that he's misjudged uh, the level of reaction and response to him. So I don't think that's going to happen. But if that does happen, I mean, who knows? I mean, he's, already, he's already bogged down in Ukraine, yeah. never mind invading these other countries. And the he can't get his 20-mile convoy moving more than a block a day. They're stuck. I mean, they're just yeah. stuck there. And the, econ- the Russian economy is in shambles. I mean, if this is a guy who thinks, like, I'm going to occupy this country yeah. with, like, hundreds of thousands of troops in order to hold it, how do you pay for that when the ruble's worth, like, a penny? No, like, I think- his economy is in shambles. How does he go? How does the war widen? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think now the, the, the emphasis is on an exit strategy and saving face. Phil and Langley. Hi, Phil. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Great show. Just quick question. I know the Ukraine thing is certainly horrible and forefront here. Question. With the vaccine and the mandates, um, long-term care. Right now, as we know, long-term care residents are allowed one designated visitor, and, and if perhaps end of life might be allowed an essential. But I worry that that's just going to be allowed to sustain itself indefinitely, and the elderly are going to be forgotten. Do you think as they're allowing like 18,000 Canuck fans at a game and opening up things to pubs, they're actually going to allow family members, brothers and sisters, to see their loved ones? Because I just worry it's just going to be forgotten. Um, anyways, if you could comment on that, I'd love to hear your opinion okay, if you know you. anything. Yeah, great call. We get we'll probably get more calls and, and emails about this issue than any other issue. It's visiting long people in long-term care. I've got a situation in my own life with that. I think you are going to see some relaxations uh, over the summer. Um, again, Dr. Henry's put a lot of emphasis on seasonal changes. So I think you're going to see the summer and spring with more relaxations. They may be reimposed in the fall with the respiratory illness season, which is more serious in long-term care homes. Before COVID-19, the flu literally killed people in long-term care homes. I mean, that was the number one cause of death. That has gone away. But it's a reminder that the respiratory illness season is more problematic than not. So I think that some of the re- restrictions right now will be relaxed. 